podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast. It's my favorite podcast. I have a Pretty good feeling it's your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This, what you have found right now that you're listening to is the Fear of God podcast. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me, everyone, is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And he was here, but he did say he needed to go finish the latest episode of Gourmet Gauntlet. Okay. While we wait on read, say that five times fast. While we wait on read, permit me to remind you listeners that here at the fear of God, we explore. We do not explain except for right now. When I explain that you can find all things foggy at the fear of God podcast.com things such as, and especially how to support us on Patreon more on that momentarily, because who is this emerging from the kitchen? The fog of the kitchen, but the one, the only. <laughs> Lucky. Listen, if you can't take the heat, stay out of my freaking kitchen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Stay out. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How's it going, dude? I'm good. I'm here. That, that took you a minute. Wait a good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happens these days. It just takes a minute. Yes. <laughs> I understand. I understand. And I sympathize. I relate. It's good to see you, buddy. It's good We're, to see you, too. It's just me and you today. I hope yeah. that's okay with oh, you. Oh, my gosh. I love it. We, we don't do this often enough, actually, to where it's just you and me. Which and is funny. No, nobody considering else. Considering where we started. I know. I know. But, uh, you know, listen, I love our guests. God, we have a great community of people, and I love talking with them. But, uh, yeah, you know, this is a rarer occasion anymore. For well, there's you nothing like the OG. Am I oh, right? Oh, the OG. Oh, man. Go back it's in the like, day. You want live action, Disney? <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me the OG. <laughs> wow. Nathan clearly has pew, thoughts. Pew, pew, <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Oh, my gosh. Sadly, yeah. this is not the episode for them. Reed, we have some quick business to attend oh. to before we get to our main discussions for today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, brother. Mm-hmm. One, listener, if you are finding us for the first time today, welcome. Know that you have caught us right near the very end of our series celebrating the works of director M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. All summer we've been doing the twist at the Shyamalanorama, covering nearly every M. Night film. Last week we were joined by quarterly queen Jess Fishley to discuss the film that made M. Night a household M. name, <laughs> The Sixth Shence. <laughs> Today's conversation... <laughs> Hold for applause. applause. (laughs) Today's conversation will feature a patron-only discussion honoring the passing of William Friedkin. And after that, we'll figure out what to finally do about this nanny of ours as we finish out our discussions of the Apple 
The apple. <laughs> the affable. The affable <laughs> apple. <laughs> the affable Listen plus. to Fiona Apple while watching apple. the affable Apple TV Plus series, Servant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the second order of business today is join Patreon. It's a great way to show your love for your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear. That'd be us. And... Yes. Nets you bonuses like extra content every single episode, like the aforementioned Friedkin forthcoming moment, uh, mm. forthcoming segment. Mm -hmm. And mm. it also will net you things like announcement number three, which is a happy hour horror hangout. Oh, 4-H. That was, that's a great club. <laughs> Read Love what? Um, uh, this is what we call putting your host on the spot. Oh. Read what is a happy hour horror. Oh hangout. my gosh. Happy hour horror hangout is our every, you know, month or two opportunity to get together with our patrons for a very informal zoom session where we just chat and hang. And sometimes those foggers who are able to attend, get little previews of upcoming fog announcements and little fun, exciting things. Sometimes they can even provide input to what those things are going to be. But more than anything else, it's just an opportunity for us to get together and find out, you know, what we've been watching, reading, listening to, what we've been hanging out doing, and and just have the kind of conversations that we love having. But with the broader community for a chill, casual happy hour. That's happy hour horror hangouts. I love it. Mm -hmm. And read the next happy hour horror hangout will be taking place Sunday, September 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know what is crazy, Reed? What's crazy? Is that happy hour horror hangout on September 17th precedes the following month's Fogoween. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's all I did was That's just crazy. make a sound uh, like a, you know, like a. It was, I, I was kind of trying to invoke, you know, like the organ where it's like, but I don't have those kind of vocal cords. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do that. So I just, instead it sounded like I had just, you know, stubbed my toe or something. No, I kind of heard it. I Did heard you? like a, oh, yeah. like, the like little, you hit the one piano key. The shrill, yes. Sharply, yes. That's what I was going for. And it for. just reverberated, yeah. reverberated up the, up the uh, Cathedral. ceiling above you. Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> that. That. Reed is enough business for now. So let us twist our way into the patron segment featuring special guest, ladies and germs, Lackey the Listicle. He is going to, in the words of Beyonce, put on his Friedkin dress to share his thoughts on <laughs> William Friedkin in some form of list. That is a bit obscured for me at the moment. We will be right back. To answer the nanny's accusations of whether we talk too much as we wrap up our time in the Turner house with a discussion of Servant. Mm -hmm. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalama Rama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalama Rama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalama Rama. So, about this TV show. Mm -hmm. Here we are, man. Indeed. Indeed. We're At here. the end of all things. Um, so, we finished Servant. You did, did finish it, right? Speaking of Servant, I did. Okay. Uh, speaking of Servant, it is not on Apple, because it's not a film, but on IMDb, it is summarized as 
A Philadelphia couple are in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens a door for a mysterious force to enter their home. Um, That seems pretty, uh, that's pretty, that's a decent broad strokes uh, summary there. I agree. Would you like, so we're going to do in the main feed right now, what we've been doing in the patron segments for the entire series of, of servant, uh, sequestered to the patron segment. So we're going to cover specifically likes, dislikes that ain't rights for, uh, episodes seven through 10 of season four. And just know if you've been following along at home, if you, uh, if, if you're catching this, particular fear of God episode for the first time. You're like servant. What? Why are they starting at the end? <laughs> we, we didn't, we started at the beginning. We've gone through the whole thing um, to get the whole thing right now. Uh, join our Patreon at the lowest tier possible. We'll get you access to all the patron segments. Uh, and a couple times a year, uh, we do release massive multi-hour uh, <laughs> releases covering the, they are marathons. Yeah. It's what we call TV guideposts around here where we cover, multi-season TV shows. Uh, so we are finishing that conversation today with a specific look at these four episodes and then just kind of a broader conversation about the series overall. So Riri, why don't you take it away with some old, you know? Oh, I know. These are our fog coups. <laughs> so basically how we decided to summarize episodes way back in the day, rather than me diatribing the way I did in our patron segment uh, about William Friedkin is to briefly summarize each episode with a somewhat inventive, evocative haiku, or as we deem it here, the fog coup. So uh, I'm going to do that for each of these four episodes. Are you ready, Mr. Rouse? I am ready, Mr. Lackey. Okay. Episode seven is called Myth, and here is my fog coup for Myth. George claims to tell all. Dottie finds tapes of Leanne. Is it all too late? Episode eight is called Tunnels. Leanne turned over, but turns tables on them all. Accidents happen. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here is my fog coup for episode nine, titled Awake. Servant's finest hour. The truth told where it happened. Dorothy must choose. Editorializing a little bit with my fog coup there rather than summarizing, but there it was. I appreciate that. Episode 10 is titled Fallen. What's it like to burn? I forgive you. He does too. There's always a twist. <laughs> wouldn't be a shamalamarama without it that's true all right those were my fog coups for episodes seven through ten hope you enjoyed them um so as we traditionally do in our patron segments when we cover a block of episodes uh we're gonna do so now is we're gonna mention from this collection of episodes not from each episode but from this collection of episodes a favorite thing a least favorite thing and a that ain't right so, uh, Nathan, why don't you share? I've talked a hey, lot. Quick, uh, yeah. quick, uh, quick, uh, quick, uh, quick, uh, let's quicker. talk real quick. Um, are you open to reversing the order here and do a That ain't right. A dislike and a like. I'm open to that. Yep. I'm open to that. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Um, okay. So, which means I'm starting with that ain't right. Is that okay with you? That's completely fine with me. Go ahead. Okay. Of these four episodes, probably the most that ain't right read for me 
I don't know that this would translate for any viewer, but for me, I think this is, this is in myth. This is in episode seven. Okay. It is your boy Roscoe hanging out behind the wine rack while Julian and Sean are talking. Um, mm. This may seem like an odd choice. Okay. I don't know if you remember the, I don't know if you remember the framing here. Um, uh, Sean is on the left side of the frame. Julian's on the right. They're staring at camera behind them is the wall. That is the wine rack in the basement. We've seen okay. this yes. basement mm-hmm. architecture structure, wine rack throughout the entire series. This scene is probably about two minutes long and read at about the half, about the one minute mark. I was like, what in the world? is happening <laughs> behind them. Oh. Like there was a moment where I was like, I know this is not uh, uh, like an extra, like, like a, a snafu. Yes. Like we, sure. we screwed yes. up and mm-hmm. yeah. it's not like a Starbucks cup in game of Thrones <laughs> in Westeros. Right. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Sham- I, don't, I may not love everything Shamalan does, but he's not, a, he's no fool um, <laughs> from a filmmaking standpoint, but it, it, there was a moment because I knew it had been going on in my periphery and my outside, my vision the whole time that when it finally clicked that there's a body behind there moving around, it, it really kind of creeped me out. Oh, like, wow. Uh, oh. I'm kind of weirded out by what's happening. Cause I just, <laughs> yeah, okay. they're not Sean and Julian aren't commenting on it. Cause they don't even see it. They, sure. they, they freak out at, at, you know, what are you doing back there? Sure. But it was like this, it was like this weird rising action of me watching, Toby Kibble and Rupert Grant do their scene against this really lovely antique kind of wine rack. And okay, they're talking, they're talking. And then it's like peripherally, you know, something's there, but mm. you don't really pay attention. And all of a sudden you pay attention to it. And it's a person moving. What the <laughs> hell? And then it's like, wait, is that right? They're not commenting on it or talking about it. Oh my God. Did they screw this up? And oh, then man. I think it's Grant. He's like, Roscoe, WTF, <laughs> you know, so. Again, and unlikely that ain't right, but it definitely had me for a second. It got like, you. What is happening? That's cool. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, probably significantly more obvious, um, but like, there's a couple of really awful deaths in here. I've got to go with the the most awful, just because it's kind of disturbing and unsettling and just... Don't know how I feel about it, especially in the context of the story and everything, but Leanne's death, like it's, it's pretty, that ain't right to me. Not that she dies, but the lingering way the camera just decides to let us in on all of it is, uh, I don't know. It just felt, felt very strange that it lingered on all of these individual moments. Um, and so, yeah, I just her death sequence is pretty Pretty gnarly, and and if I'm being candid, even though she clearly became the ultimate villain of the piece, also they tried to kind of make her a sympathetic one, which means suffering such a you you mentioned in our patron segment last week where you talked about like once they've established the rules of this is how it goes, then they just kind of have to commit to that. They just have to say like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is the way that they go, but. To witness all of that sequence with a character like that, that we've spent so much time with, even though that is the villain, but they, they, they don't, they haven't emerged most recently as villainous to see them go through all of that. And especially when it gets to the fire thing, I was like, oh, oh, ugh. so yeah, that was my, that ain't right. What you think? I keep toggling on, like just busting open into conversation and not being well, a we're didn- didactic here. Uh, well, we're in the main, if you feel it. Okay. Well, I'd, okay. Well, and 
Okay, let's do this then. Let's let's name a like, and then we'll just go into notes. Um, and and because I do, I, because sincerely, like there is some strengths here, but but I feel like if I start talking about what's on my dislike list, I won't shut up for two oh. minutes. And so, okay, it, it, understood. It, which sounds stronger than actually meant to, but because I do want to praise here, like uh, for my what's on my like is from beginning. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you that in the middle, maybe they lose a little bit of the way for the character and, and, and what she ends up having to do. But from the beginning of this series to the very end, Lauren Ambrose is, is fantastic. Yes. She's, she's just fantastic. And specifically what I'm highlighting here is her performance in the car oh, when yes. the final conversation happens. And what, what kind of blew my mind, I didn't even, uh, it was like Dorothy with this memory just out of reach when you said, the conversation happens where it happened. I was like, Oh snap. <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah. pick up on that. Yeah. until You just verbalized it. That's fantastic. That like car, that, whole, that street. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this kind of tiptoes towards my dislikes, but it's cow. I want to keep it in the light. Like read when they do the, the, the character stuff. I'm like, I love this. Yes. This is great. Mm-hmm. Real great. Um, largely good. And, in some cases, great performers delivering excellent performances rooted in real relationships and characters who are navigating tragedy and their own culpability in that tragedy, right? Yeah, like that yeah. is rich drama. Mm-hmm. And um, I like Rupert Grant. I don't think he's the MVP for me of the series. To me, it's Ambrose with, with Kebbell as a close second there. Sure. But like just the the heaps of praise I want to put on her performance, but also the way that scene is written. Yeah. Um, the way that scene is performed, like dude, what I wrote down is how beautifully tender that whole, just the, just the structure of that dialogue is. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's these two men with skin in the game, both on a relational investment standpoint, but, and on an accountability and, and, you know, kind of culpability standpoint, trying to finally voice a truth they've all neglected. And Absolutely. you know what, honestly, I just, I just kind of sideways dissed him. Rupert Grant delivers a hell of a moment in that car. It's great, great sequence. I mean, from him. he is yes. like in, in ways the others, the other two don't quite go though. Ambrose has asked a more volatile version of, but like when he breaks down and the, driver's seat oh man like i was watching that on my ipad and i've got a lot of mixed feelings about how this show ends and 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 you know kind of strong feelings about the weaker things i think about the series overall but like when the three performers cook on the drama of the show it's fantastic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and this i'll kind of try to shut up here but but i just really want to illustrate that what I think the show is strong at, it's incredibly strong at. Mm-hmm. And and that scene, the 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 scripting, the shots, you know, the cinematography, the performances are 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 peak. I mean, that's that's yeah. you know, if you're gonna make a list of top five servant moments, it's that scene yes. of of them waking up Dorothy and Oh, what I was trying to get to is when in the backseat, the camera just holds this long push in. Oh, yeah. Ambrose, mm-hmm. As as you're hearing Grant and Kebble off screen, you know, talking. Yeah. And she just holds it. And and it's one of those scenes that happens every now and then with Shyamalan specifically, but with other filmmakers as well, where where once you 
once you cognitively comprehend what you're viewing, you're like, damn, this is good. This yeah. Is good stuff. Oh yes. You know, like, and that just culminates in the, the shriek. I mean, it, it's, it's brutal and it's very painful, but it is peak servant. Yeah. If I can say that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to shut up, uh, lest I keep running off, but, but that is <laughs> top for this, these four. Yeah, honestly, I wasn't, you know, kind of threw the gauntlet down and knew I was doing so to open my fog coup for that episode with Servant's Finest Hour. I mean, this is, that episode is really where, um, you know, that that's where the culmination of the show, it, it all comes to a head in a way that I think is probably the best representation of what, to your point, the show does well. I feel like, in some ways, that episode also did no favors for broader sections of the show as a whole because it reminded me with such clarity back to what made the show compelling in season one, which is this is the drama. This, the, right. the drama of do, you know, how do they broach her dealing with this grief? and or not, and, and are they brave enough to tell the truth, and their own, to your, you said it so much better than I'm clunkily doing right now, but their own culpability in what happened, and they're wrestling with that, that's where the drama is. And it highlighted yes. for me how the show then spent a tremendous amount of time on the weirdness of Leanne. And I'm not saying you leave Leanne out of the drama, but integrate more of it into this tension. Make it more about what these characters want and don't versus the threat that Leanne poses to their well-being or livelihood or whatever, or about this cult thing. And so in many ways, that episode represents the finest that the show is and could be. And it is my like, um, also it unfortunately, you know, pivots back maybe as my dislike it, it reflects what I feel like so much of the show was ultimately missing that I wish there was more of, um, because of how strong yeah. that episode is. So. Okay. Well then let's just, let's just, okay. Yes. So effectively likes are there and, and I don't even want to frame this as dislikes. It's more just like, okay, now let's talk about, you know, the, the questionable stuff. That's even the wrong word. You know what I mean? I so I remember a few weeks ago when I said, I don't even know what Leanne wants and you kind of, saliently was like, well, Leanne wants a mama and family. Right. Right. I yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it to where the end of the show goes. Oh, sure. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, here's what's weird read about the end of the show, how the show chooses to resolve its mythology is it all feels so inevitable. And like, you could call it a mile away. And you just, you just articulated this of like, I am not going to be so bold as to be like, well, here's the fundamental chink in the armor of the TV show Servant. But when the show starts as utter tragedy befalls this core little family. Yeah. How and will they overcome that? Mm. Mm. That's your emotional seed. That is the question being asked, right? If, right. if, if films are about answering questions, TV shows are about asking them, like that's the question being asked. What the show at a certain point decided was the question the show wanted to answer is should Leanne have a mama <laughs> being reductive here? Sure. And that's just not it. a question yeah. I really cared about. 
Yeah. It's not, it wasn't interesting. Sure. I, I, this is a little unfair. It's not her fault as much as I would say it's the fault of the architecture of the show. I don't think Nell Tiger Free is given enough to do to yeah, make me interested in if the show is going to tectonically shift into, well, yes, this, but this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's going to do that, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying she's not enough. Like, yeah, the, let me rephrase that. What we're given in her performance is not enough for me to get invested. And if I were to kind of clarify or state kind of my dislike as it's written is read by the end. And this is interesting, right? Like the fundamental inciting question of the show is, can this family overcome? Yeah. The family isn't Leanne. The family's Sean, Dorothy, by extension, Julian. Mm -hmm. What do they do structurally? They answer that question before the show ends. Yes. Meaning Mm -hmm. they decided, okay, well, there's actually now a paramount question, Mm -hmm. um, a preeminent one. And, and dude, it's just not, it's so fascinating. I brought this up on our sixth sense conversation with, with Jess last week of how, like, once it started doing things like the book with the fallen in it and like, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm feeling deflated. Mm. Whoa, mm. like this, come on, steer out of the skid. And of course, they steer right into the skid. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And read my problem isn't. You might think it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is me warring my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, oh. <laughs> the problem isn't you can't do the story the show turns into not saying that Mm. I am saying read by the end. I was like, so, but what? Mm. And it was so ambiguous. So I, like I wrote down sloppy and malformed. I'm like, I don't really even, I don't know what the stakes are because, because here's what's hard. I watched a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff that was on Apple TV for it. And damn it. You just can't help, but like the guy. Shyamalan. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. To hear him talk about it. You're like, yeah. And look at these actors. They're great. Love these actors. Love Mm -hmm. actors who get good work and find richness in it. That's great. But what I kept banging my head against the wall of, or kept running into or tripping over was the language of the ambiguity is the point. And I'm like, Mm. "Ah, but do you remember? Do you remember? When we <laughs> fell in love, we were young and innocent then. You didn't anticipate that. I, I just didn't. took on the run. Do you remember how it began? Read, I love you so I never let you go. I bet you remember. I bet you remember. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love the it. The only reason you I kept going right there is you kept laughing. And I was like, man, I cannot. Yeah, I, no. I can't turn away. One take, full commitment. Enjoying my. Uh, yes. <laughs> Poor Colton out. Freaking love to freaking Paul yes. Rubens. We Paul need to Rubens, do Pee Wee's Big Adventure as a B side next I, month. I'm, I, Let's I'm do it. sad that you mentioned that because I thought twice about texting that to you and said, like, we should do a Pee Wee's Big Adventure B side. Oh, I wish but, you'd yeah. said it because it yes. just hadn't occurred to me until right but, this moment. So let's, yes, yes. let's just abandon Servant right now. And so, switch over to a different so, uh, uh, question. It was the greatest accident she'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to burn in hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's still servant. <laughs> um, Actually. Is, do you, do you remember? Uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. It was with Matt, I think, when Matt okay. Murray was on. And I said, 
the show is going to choose to not answer Jericho. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, Reed, I was paying attention. I'm like, y'all are trying to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. With all of, of it. Yeah. With all of it. Yeah. And honestly, when George comes on and he gives his 20 minute monologue, you know, debunking everything, supposedly, I was like, well, I mean, okay, it's a choice, whatever, a little weird. And then they undercut that. Yeah. This is what became challenging watching the last run is it's like, I feel you wanting to have it all. Mm. And, and what you, what I end up as a viewer with is just kind of CGI rain. CGI fire. Meh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, it, it was despite how it sounds, I still find at its best, the show pretty enjoyable. Um, last thing. And then I'm gonna let you talk. <laughs> he, he Shyamalan, I'm using the word chamber piece, but he kept saying in these behind the scenes things like Apple wouldn't believe we really wanted to never leave the house. Uh-huh. Like we shot the first season and then they were like, but now you're going to leave the house. Right. And he's like, no, that's, that's the idea Yeah, is these people metaphorically can't leave where this tragedy has occurred. And I I love that as a concept. The Mm. last thing I'll throw in here is the show's too long. Then Mm. give me three seasons. Like it started to fall in love with its own, it drank its own Kool-Aid and just kept stretching out, which I don't intend as like, well, chop these three episodes. I don't even mean that. There's just too much focus on the mythology of Leanne that amounts feels like amounts to a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk because otherwise I'll, I won't shut up. No, I'm I mean, just I... returning the freak in favor. <laughs> I honestly uh, largely agree with what you've laid out there. I feel like the elements that they kept building to that are like, Ooh, this is, isn't this mysterious? Isn't this weird? But then it's like, by the time the show has ended, that has remained just maybe a bit yada yada where it's just like, oh, oh yeah, that was just maybe a bit, but absolutely. <laughs> where it's just like, that is, uh, yeah, that's just what this cult does. Like, really? So you answered that two seasons ago and it right. never progressed anywhere? Yes. You know, like and that's, that's what I mean by the inevitability factor. Yeah. It's like, as the show was wrapping up, I was like, there is nothing surprising happening. No, at all. Nothing at all. Oh, Leanne murdered George. I don't care. Yeah, is that am I supposed to feel something or be surprised? Yeah, right he now? died already. We've been we we've yeah. been there. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, this is, he's just gonna you know like you know, and, and that's the thing is it's just they. Uh, I do agree with you. I feel like they were largely spinning their wheels a little bit. Um, but I think here's the other problem is I think there were ways that you could even take so much of the time spent on establishing the particulars of the cult and what the cult is capable of doing, even what Leanne is capable of doing. There's a way to do that and then bake in these other things that we've talked about in uh, in patron segments on this before about not knowing what these characters want, but layering in the tension around Jericho's existence, not as mystery of what, as in, is this a stolen baby? Is this doll come to life? Not what, but how it's affecting these characters. Really, all Jericho's presence is to Sean is this catalyst that's like, 
uh, okay, you know, at first he's like, I can't get rid of Leanne. You know, it's it's amazing. But then they never did anything with the church stuff. Like as soon as she exposed the 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 lady that he was going to church with, then yeah. they yeah. never progressed anywhere from that. Uh, it just he pivoted focus back to to wanting to win Dorothy back. Julian flip-flopped up, down, left, and right in yeah, terms of why is tough. he here and what is he trying to do. And and so it just doesn't center effectively around the character dynamics. And honestly, getting back to that amazing car sequence, when they're in the car and it's focusing on back to what is truly interesting, I'm realizing that the elements that brought us to that car covered from my hip, it's it's a rough estimate of maybe 20 minutes out of a four-season show. 20 minutes, you know, where it's just like, okay, that that's it. That's all this was to get us to this car. Everything else has been just set dressing around Leanne and this cult and and what does it mean? And if and I agree with you. If you want to make that show, that's fine. And I'm a huge defender of shows like Lost where it's like oh people wanted answers but it was really about the characters the whole time because of how much time we spent with the characters understanding who they right. were understanding right. what they right. wanted so I defend that by saying clearly you wanted what you wanted and that's that's real that's fine but the show did present enough character work for me to say when they said it was all about the characters they're not lying about that did they right, right. you know did did they pivot away from answers that they backed themselves into a corner. I'm not going to argue too hard about that. But to say it was still about the characters, they did that work. Servant didn't really do that work to leave all of those mysterious questions ambiguous. They didn't they didn't give me anything else for it to be about except and I said, you know, there's always a twist, except in the last like 5 minutes when you're like, "Oh, you be you get a second chance and be better and it's you now, Julian." And I'm like, "Oh, what?" What? Which again, I'm still like, but, but, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. Fair idea? Question mark. You know, like, yeah. And you know, remember, what? remember in on Sixth Sense, I think I said, you know, this sounds like Nathan. You're proving our concerns that you hate Shyamalan. That's not it at all. But wow. where I'm going here is who is, are these people you I'm talk sorry, to? I don't know. I don't know. Just the. Just, I don't know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> my nanny, my nanny, you know, just like, she's so weird. Um, but the show is all text. Yes. It's all text. Mm-hmm. When you reference this in your fuck you is that <laughs> when the street opens up, I was like, I don't care anymore. Like mm-hmm. this, this is literally just a, it is a literalizing of a, not even a metaphor anymore. It's just, this is literally what's happening is trauma is breaking a home literally like that's the definition of it becoming text like you're not even subtextualizing this anymore yeah and i don't know it's fascinating this is a sidebar that we can you know play around in for a moment if we want to or just point to this new world we're in of what is a tv and what is tv and what is a movie like oh sure yeah okay yeah this was a movie yeah. That got turned into a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and, disagree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, to I'll be, I'll be more generous than you. Let the record show uh court reporter. Oh, this mm-hmm. never happens. Oh ever. boy. Oh boy. 
I'll be more generous than you. I'd say it's more like let's let's take of a four season show. There's maybe an hour to an hour and a half of good Sean Dorothy Julian stuff about Jericho and okay. the loss. Mm-hmm. Again, a feature film's worth. Yeah, sure. But you want to introduce this X factor. You want to introduce this this Trojan horse for good versus evil mm-hmm. that's itself a Trojan horse for mystery versus not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think about our conversation with Brandon Grafius a few months back for cabin and yeah, what he would say was some of his issues with cabin and Shyamalan writ large was the, the unearned happy ending. I, I'm, mm. I'm using that mm-hmm. phrase that's in the moment. But this is a bit more to the point, too, is like, at the end, what is Jericho? Yeah. What is the baby? What is the doll? Is it dead? Is it still? Is it a doll now? Was it? It was Jericho all along. If it was Jericho all along, these folks like like um, Sean at one point says, where's my son? Referring to New Jericho. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. meaning we're all pretty happy when that car is driving away at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to build up things just to attack them. I want to be true to what's there, and it's just like it was just weird. It was kind of this weird like feeling watching the last flurry of episodes because the the things that I've said the whole time bother me just kept piling up. Sure. The things that I've said I love became more infrequent, but good when they're there. Sure. It was weird. Of course. It's a weird, it's a weird show to kind of take in. Yeah. And I do feel I I'm in agreement with you that this is a show that the concept would have benefited from a much shorter runtime from just, just whittling it down to where, or I shouldn't, I wouldn't even say runtime, but just spend your time on different things because they kept bouncing back and forth with the mystery of Leanne in ways that simply reset us back to zero. So, right. you know, you could have baked in some things uh, when Leanne left at the end of season one and spending much of season two with them trying to get her back. Like, you could have built upon that tension and tried to explore a bit more about why she needs Jericho. And I, I really wish that like Dorothy had had more interplay. You remember in the season one, I think it's season one where Dorothy opens the fridge and has like a moment where she. Oh yeah. Remembers. Yeah, they call back to it. Oh yeah. They call yeah. back to it in the finale. But is, am I making it up that in no, no, season. No. They call back to it in the penultimate finale. <laughs> oh, it's in, it's in awake. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, true. Cause it's in yeah. awake. It's not in the final episode, but am I making it up that for, for two and a half seasons, there were no more of that. Like we saw it in season one, and then there was nothing else of that for this long. Nothing stretch like of time. that. She. Yeah. It. This is what I said thirty minutes ago of how they start placing really concrete markers in the back half of season four as they're reaching their conclusion. You know, there's little things like, but this is all season four because it's all Bev and Barb uh, adjacent when she's having trouble conjuring her memories mm, when gourmet mm. gauntlet is stirring up memories. So yeah, but nothing like what yeah. you described, which is a great little flourish. That's a that yes. moment is a great little filmmaking flourish. Yeah, it's absolutely. funny. Uh, you, you brought up loss. I'm going to go here. 
they have the chance. I'm remembering now my own words a few weeks back of like, go off, go out of the home. Okay. Well, I learn look at, at this behind the scenes stuff. The idea was stay in the home. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. Using your lost analogy, the home is the island. Now show me who oh. these characters are. Yes. Like, and that's a weird thing to say because one of the things I loved theoretically is the, the short runtime of a given episode, but I'll take an extra 10 minutes per episode. If what it means is present drama is the house, mm-hmm. but there's some flashback because when they do some of those flashbacks, they're really poignant and great. Like, yeah, um, of course. Dorothy and Sean, uh, learning they're pregnant, but you learn they've been trying or lost a, a bunch of times, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, where I just, I feel like by the end of the run, um, Dorothy and Sean aren't a blank slate because Ambrose and Kebble are so good at what they're doing, but there's just more that could have been done to help me care more. Yeah. Um, well, and the only yeah, thing that we ahead. do, the only thing that we do with Leanne is this gets back to what you called out and what we discussed briefly a few patron segments ago about these characters and what they want or don't because Leanne herself, like as her powers kind of exponentially grow and she more fully solidifies like the hold she has over things. Then if we had, you know, I cited earlier that, but she still can't read Sean's mind. If they had put in there that she wants this family and she wants this family to love her without her making them or without her coercing things for them to come together. Yeah. She wants them to choose to love her. I think there's enough in the tendrils of the show that that's, that's probably there. She wants them to choose to love her and choose to be a family. So then the tension be- can become that she doesn't choose to exert her powers on them but continues to grow sure. in, using, in using her powers around them at everything else. And then it can just force and prompt more conversations around how it's affecting them and what it's making them think about as opposed to just how is this happening and what and we need to get away from her. And my God, I was I was kind of frustrated the first time it happened. I was kind of energized by it, but by like cult members coming after her to try to kill her. But the 17th oh time God. it happened, I was like, okay, I I don't care now. They are not going to get her. Like, I swear to God, like every single time somebody came after her and then she got the better of them, I'm like, I don't care. And then it happened again when freaking Sean and Julian brought her down to the basement and then George is like, you both should leave. I'm like, don't leave. She's going to get the upper hand. Like, <laughs> like if you leave, this is this is all the Batman villains from 1960s Adam West Batman, and they're like, we're going to leave the contraption to do it. And then they walk out of the room, and then, spoiler alert, they get out of the contraption. Shark you know? repellent. Yes. Right. I mean, it's that, it's that kind of thing that became frustrating because it became repetitive. My issue is not that the elements were what they were. Because the repetition became them. empty. I agree. It just... Yes. Like to your point, well, I'm like, I don't even the potential of George's monologue being truthful, though perplexing. And like Sean, you're asking the, but I've seen X and Y. Right. Exactly. At least would have been like, oh, well, all right, let's play this out. Then she just is delusional. Yes. And again, is that a great choice? I don't know, but okay, here it is. Reed, I was about to say it and stumble into it. Uh It's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. The show doesn't choose. Yeah. The show doesn't make a choice. Yeah. 
um, it, it signals choice without actually committing. Yeah. So that, so that by the end, by your dislike of Leanne and the fire, I'm like, I don't, is she a bad guy? Is she a good guy? Was she ever anything? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Was she ever anything? You you, you just got, you just got, so uh, (laughs) that's a, that's a tough question for an actor. (laughs) Well, (laughs) because, and, and, and I thought about this, you keep talking about choice and, and layering these in. I thought one of the, but again, it gets back to rooted character stuff. I thought one of the most galvanizing moments of the entire freaking show is simply when you have Sean and Julian blurred and out of frame on one side of Dorothy saying, this is what happened. Mm. This is what happened. And then on the other side, you have Leanne saying, I can do extraordinary things. I can, but she's holding the doll Jericho. And I was like, that moment, again, I just loved that episode. Again, it's, it's the finest moment of the show. Uh, the finest 30 minutes, uh, you know, sequence sure. of the show. But I loved that because I was like, yeah, this is great because it puts, it pushes Dorothy in this place of like, what does she want and what is real and what's not? And do I want the, do I want to knowingly embrace the illusion or do I want to go back into what's real despite everything? I was like, this is tension and drama and all rooted in characters leveraging what they have at their disposal to try to leverage a choice rooted in what characters want. And, Again, I'll say it, I'll try not to be repetitive and empty myself, but how strong all of that was, unfortunately, ripple effects how little they did that through the course of the show, because that is incredible from a storytelling perspective. Enough so that, you know, spoiler alert for our fog meter and stuff, like, I probably would still recommend the show, because I'm like, well, once you get to all of that, that's really interesting, and that's really kind of affecting and really powerful, but... It just happens so infrequently in the show. You talked about, like, yeah, we're going to have that moment, uh, but we go back to they devote an entire episode to just Leanne trapped in a car trying to get away from the cult people and the pigeon army and everything, and it's like, that's what we spend our time. (laughs) That's what we spend our time with. What was it? What was our Batman Returns? How are they doing that? It's like (laughs) penguin magic or whatever it was you said. I don't know. Yes, it's like it's like. Wait a second. What do they do? This penguin magic? And I think I said on the episode, I was like, "Well, don't forget they raised him." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh. Like the pigeons raised uh, Leanne here. Oh my god. But you know, read. I don't know who raised Leanne. I don't even even get it anymore. But Mm. you know, Day Saints. Lesser Saints. That, that's not what it's called. Yeah, it's yeah. Lesser Saints. See? It's not Lesser Day Saints. You're, no, you're you're yeah. getting close I'm, to I'm blending <laughs> some dangerous territory there. Um, <laughs> lesser Saints. We just called the Mormons a cult. Um, <laughs> your your note there is <laughs> wow. You say toasty. That's Leanne by the end of the show. Um, uh, your note about Dorothy's choice making. Yeah. Like there's a world where you could convince me, honestly, even though I praised it up and down, that the show in nearly its entirety does wrong by Dorothy because it deprives her of choice. Hmm. You know, it's it's not will Dorothy live in the the false reality versus come to like like that's that's one of the only real moments that she is uh tantalized by a choice. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. I I, I think in uh, on a certain summary level, I love love the Dorothy and Sean stuff. Kind of don't really see a missed note or false note there. Sure. I it is interesting. We're just pointing to all these other TV shows, but like 
I remember with Friday Night Lights hmm. reading interviews with um, Kyle Chandler and how the show or Peter Berg at the beginning of the show basically was like, we're never going to break up Eric and Tammy. Oh, yes, sure. And how what that did for them as performers was gave them some some strength to let the kind of scenes show mm-hmm. relationally on the couple because they just the the guiding hand of the show wasn't going to destroy it split them so out, they could right. play a little more uh intentionally there and it's interesting thinking about servant and the chamber piece idea because the show is rooted and anchored to the home they're pretty limited you can't have sean really mm-hmm. uh, you know fool around with someone else. sure like that's yeah. just not the show and so I appreciate it from that standpoint that that he's kind of committed until the end, even though, you know, he's he's culpable, is still committed. Uh, love the two of them. But even with a few of the frights that the show engenders sourced in its mystical, scary stuff, I, I just think it, it amounts to so little, it's hard to justify it. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. And I feel like that's the that's the frustrating thing is because I feel like the show could have been about so many different... Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. I was about to say it could have been about so many different things. But I think it was still about those things. It just spent too much time on the superficial ancillary details instead of digging in. Like one thing that I wrote, and ostensibly, you know, this would be the the part of the show where or the part of the podcast episode where we would, uh, you know, maybe dive into a little bit of like thematic considerations and everything. I, one line that I wrote down from the finale, from the actual final episode that I do find really compelling. And I feel like I wish the show had actually explored this more with its characters is Dorothy says a line to Leanne about why she's choosing not to go back to that illusion. And she says, the pain I feel now, it's a part of my love for him too. And I thought like, that Mm -hmm. is really interesting. The integration of pain to love, like, and, and, and we use the phrase on the show, include and forgive, but how you absorb pain as a part of your love, as opposed to ridding it, you know, for the sake of, peace and 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 good feelings and i'm like that is profoundly interesting to me and i wrote the line down because i think that is very interesting and i think the show was to a degree about that but it spent so much time on who is leanne and what is the cult and what are their powers and what is really going on there and instead of being about the ways pain and love are related to one another, especially through the course of grief. Like the show was baked in and had the opportunity to explore that in specific detail and chose not to and chose instead to make it about Leanne's mystery and, you know, all these different people who are trying to kill her and then all these other people who are like trying to save her. But then, boy, you get one heavy rain, one hard rain, and they're like, peace, sorry, bye. We can't protect you anymore. And that's the other piece that I find super messy about this is they never say it's God or or anything like that, but like they keep talking about the him of it all, that right. she's yelling oh, yeah. at the sky and everything. And and I'm just kind of like, but what does the proverbial him of this universe want? Does it want her dead? 
Does it want her dead that way? Holy crap, y'all. Like, it's it's willing to literally, like, smash heaven and earth to just rain down wrath and vengeance. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, feel however you feel, not just you, Nathan, but also listener, about Knock at the Cabin. At least Knock at the Cabin kind of lays out what the stakes are. At least it kind of says this is, you know, bluntly, this is yeah. what the stakes are. Servant also feels like it goes there, but never lays out the stakes. It never lays out what is the choice that well, Leanne has and to I make. Ke- it's funny, I keep coming back to this, like, the hero of Hyrule bumping up against the edge of the world idea, yeah. this metaphor, visual metaphor of, like, when they played the world so small, which is okay. Sure. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. It's when you start to try to play with the cosmos and the heavenly realms. Yes. I'm like, well, you've dramatically overshot what's <laughs> possible here. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah, you know, absolutely. to your point, it's like, uh, we're now doing what, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Sean was just on a cooking show, but you know, she's Lieutenant Dan style screaming at the heavens. You yeah. know, is that the best oh you got? I'm like, well, yeah. Okay. And then, I don't, I don't know. I and don't then know. it was super confusing when, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum or whoever those people were at the end that we never saw, but were clearly part of the cult when they're just standing there watching her and like, who oh, do you are, mean the bald guy and the two kids? Yeah. I'm like, who are they and where do they come from? But they just, that they, was out of weird. nowhere. And then they just arrived to say like, nope, she saved us all. And I'm like, from what? From who? From, huh? Yeah. You know, like it was really, it really felt tacked on. It supremely felt like it was an afterthought to this. And then also, even still, then the police officer at the end and Dorothy right. has this great moment where she's, Dorothy's got this, I really kind of moved me a little bit. She was like, you were kind to me. And I was like, oh, that's very yeah. touching. And then the police officer reveals what? That she was part of the lesser saints too yeah, and that she was there that to wasn't look after. That was a good choice. No, and that she was there to like look after. Then where in the holy crap have you been this whole time? You have not been involved yeah. in this scenario at all. What were you watching? Were you watching Gourmet Gauntlet and you were just trying to binge? <laughs> <laughs> she was scared like, to approach Sean. Yeah, she's I mean, like, you saw him on there. Yeah, like get out of my effing kitchen is what he'll say to me. So like, it just it's no you you make a great point there that that when the cop reveals that it rang falsely to me but now i understand a bit more is it it totally undercuts it's like well one it feels like it flies in the face of the flavor and tone of the church of the lesser saints we've seen yes absolutely for four seasons it's like reed once you just start asking any one question <laughs> the house of cards crumbles like a rotted out brownstone yeah on yeah. spruce street mm-hmm. like why are the boxcar gar children defecting i don't know yeah, i don't either how did they find her i mean reed there's a scene why are the police in, officer like, helping them <laughs> there's a scene within like the next to last episode i even think where um leanne is tearing out pages in a sketchbook and handing them out and basically being like, you can do this too. Does this ever amount to a damn thing? Not a thing. Not, not a thing. At all. Not a thing. It is. And it's just They're off weird. doing arts and crafts somewhere. That's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just misread the scene. She was just trying to encourage them in their, in their park art class. 
you know, like, guys, <laughs> guys, look at this. Take these examples. Go home. Try to replicate it. Oh, you don't have a home. Okay. Oh. Go to your corner of the park. All right. Uh, um, no problem. Homelessness is a terrible thing. And we need to work to eradicate it. And the church can do more. But uh, point being. <laughs> message. <laughs> that is how you deliver a message. Yes. <laughs> Subtly and under a character's breath. Um, but it's stuff like that. I, what's, what's unfortunate is like, there is a world where you could be like, okay, there's a lot of poor decision-making yes. that goes into this architecture of this show. Sure. Like sadly, the broken brownstone becomes a metaphor for the mm -hmm. architecture of the show servant, the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that is a tough look. Yeah. That I'm thankful for all the other good feelings I have about Shyamalan. <laughs> Cause otherwise I'd be like, oh, <laughs> this didn't go so well. Also, it's, it's a, it looks beautiful. It's mm -hmm. performed admirably in most cases, but yeah, ooh. What were you about to say? Uh, yeah, I won't. Uh, well, before I before I mention that, I yeah, I won't take anything away from the way the the film looks and feels. Um, I there was one episode. I think it was towards the end. There was one episode though where I was just like, man, I turned the brightness all the way up on my TV. I could, still couldn't understand a damn thing that was happening. It was like so dark. It was the episode was darkly lit, where I was just like, what? I just couldn't. Was it? Was it the rain scene? Uh, no, I think it was on the, the roof. Well, there's there was that, but no, there was an ep there was an entire episode. I want to say it was the episode with like the tunnels and uh, where that's, they, that's, yeah, yeah, where they took. But anyway, uh, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah, the the it was clearly the most ignorant fire that anybody has ever lit because like it blazed and scorched and disintegrated everything except for the two houses like right next to it. <laughs> Like they had some really good fireproof insulation right there. Like, because brother Lackey, that was God's refining that's fire. Right. That's right. To burn old Leanne, what's oh your face from the face of creation? It's just, it's just awful because the other piece of it is that they try to integrate in towards the end that she had a hard life and that she deserved better and that she should have been loved. And even Dorothy is like, I would have loved you and everything. And even she gives this little, you know, sentiment at the end where she's like, I'm just going to go get a few things. And then she looks at Julian is like, take care of them for me. And I'm like, who in the world sat there, listened to her and thought like, she'll, she'll be back. She's just getting a few things. Like, why wouldn't you immediately follow her? Like what WTF are you talking about? Take care of them for me. You're and off on a suicide that, mission. Why are, yeah, I don't know, man. You're just <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I was like, frustrated by like, the, so, I know. Yeah. I was just, I was frustrated by, I agree with you. Lest, okay, look, lest it gets too out of hand. I, I agree so much with what you said that when the show is great and works, it is excellent and, um, and fun. I, yes. And a lot of fun. I just feel like when all was said and done at the end, they did not justify the time they spent on some of the things they spent no. time on, uh, for me. Um, and what's sad but, is you t you go from that beautiful penultimate episode into a final episode that is basically a Shyamalan version of the Charlie Day meme with <laughs> you know a, a a bulletin board riddled with, with <laughs> just gobbledygook and jargon. And I'm like, you guys, you are not landing this plane. We are careening into. The <laughs> I love that meme. I'm so happy that you referenced that meme. I love that meme. We're just like. Listen. 
Here it like, is. Oh my like god. We are in one of the planes and knock at the cabin in that final episode. We oh are my crashing god. to the earth. <laughs> Careening. No down. one is gonna make it. Oh my Did Lord. you catch pretty positive it's in ten, maybe? Maybe. Where I don't know. It don't matter. There's a newscast. There's there's a newscast talking about aliens, and I was like, "Look at you winking at signs." That is um, so funny. I just love that whole look. That's the way the show feels. I that's the writers' room. We were in the writers' yes, room of the show. Where it's like we're just sitting there, like, "Oh man, what was that thing we did?" It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> just Leanne. Just that's like the that's like the friggin' answer to everything. Uh, ooh, oh, ooh, almost did it. What'd you almost do? So, you know how, you know how, Reed, hmm. Oh, boy. Mm. You know how back in the day, hmm. Oh, um, <laughs> you know how one of the worst things that, tell me if you resonate with this, so I'll speak it from me, but I have a okay. sinking feeling. You'll understand it, too. That one of the worst things we do with Jesus is claim that every question is answered by the word Jesus. Oh, Lord that, of mercy. That is what it feels like the show does with Leanne. And because you know yeah. what happens to Leanne when you answer every question with Leanne? Leanne becomes a non-thing. Mm, Here we go. Yes. Yes. When, when the truest questions aren't answerable by Jesus, because every dumb question got answered with but jesus at the end of the day you just got a bumper sticker not a friend man will stick closer than a brother and i mean really that's what it feels like yes watching this show and oh my god like i don't know if you meant to open wide these gates but yeah i did the reality as well is is because you're right it makes it a non thing used another word to describe all the time spent on that is empty. It's yep. it's hollow. We wonder why. I, I'm not intending to put like preacher hat on here, but it was really, uh, it can be really confusing when sometimes Jesus was like, don't seek me for a sign. Like, what are you doing? You're looking for a sign? You're looking for signs and wonders kind of thing? And it's like, well, when when that's it, when you just choose not to engage the subject of what's happening to you or the subject of what you're moving through or what's happening around you when you choose instead to just be like, well, we just need Jesus. We just need Jesus. Okay, look, it's like, it's like, it's not even as if I profoundly disagree with you. And and, in fact, as a, as a follower of the Jesus way myself, I also believe that yes, we do need a relationship with Jesus. Of course I believe that, but I so deeply resonate with what you say. That's like when you just use that to dismiss reduce or pacify all these other subjects, you've profoundly not understood. You've just completely missed the point because it's not just about like, oh, well, we're just, you know, he's just the answer. He's just going to show up and and that's all there is to it. And it's like, no, that's that's not even the type of relationship that we're being drawn into. It's not the type of thing we're meant to reflect on or for ourselves. And it gets back to what we've been complaining about with the show. It's what do you want what is this doing to you? What is what is happening in your heart? You know, even as much as I like the fact that Sean and Dorothy find each other at the end, the reality is they just like, you know, uh, she says you never gave up on me, and then he says you came back, and it's like, okay, well, you could have done so much richer things there, and I feel like too many times we 
again, I don't know if this is exactly where you were going, but it's what brought up in my mind. Like when we just, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, and that's our only answer to everything, is we just lean upon the ambiguity rather than the mystery. And we're just like, okay, I'm just going to keep it uh, like uncertain. And it, it allows us to wash our hands of it. Because then we can just say like, well, I, you know, I don't know how it works, but you know, Jesus. But Jesus. Yeah, and and I'm not trying to be dismissive well, I, I, to. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll just wrap, I'll, I'll say this just to get it out of my system. I'm not trying to be dismissive to the people. I I'm deeply moved by people who would then come and say, "Look, I don't know how it works. I just know I was this and I was that." I love that that story about the blind man who said, "I was blind before and now I can see." I am not talking about that kind of thing. Truth-telling of the experience is a different thing than tacitly dismissing so many of these questions and so many of these complicated feelings because you don't want to actually bring the fullness of yourself and the fullness of what you've gone through into that conversation. Instead, you just want to yada yada it and, well, but Jesus, but Jesus. And I'm just like, that. that is a recipe, in my observation, that is a recipe for hollow, empty, non-thing faith. And as long yep. as circumstances support the situation, it works. As long as circumstances, as long as all the tumblers move together, but to a point I think you were making, or a version of it, the moment you start pulling at the threads, the house of cards just falls apart versus right. a substantive relationship based on truth and factfulness and rooted in this is who I am and bringing the full bear of who you are, the full uh, cup of who you are into that faith and into those questions, then yes, it's okay to sit with a little bit of mystery. That's, I'm, I'm not at all, there's no problem with mystery. Mystery is full. Ambiguity is empty and hollow, hmm. and they're very different. And I feel like that's the tension we can't ever resolve for ourselves is we just pass it off like, well, I don't know how it works, but Jesus. And really, we're just being dismissive instead of actually embracing mystery. Sorry. Maybe I was. No, I just, I'm, I, even I'm a little impressed with my Jesus to take <laughs> servant into. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, <laughs> it's just weird, you know, the fact that the, the ways that the things you find frustrating in culture will be like, huh, this is why mm -hmm. I can't stand it when X, Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say there was a conscious moment, but just an evolution over time of, um, it's just us talking of <laughs> sublimating my language a bit from what might had, existed what might have existed in a former me um intentionally using um you won't be alone language there of like mm -hmm. if all you're doing is talking about leanne i never learn who she really is mm. if all you're doing is just jesus this jesus that what about this jesus what about that answers jesus there's a really good chance you'll miss it, which is not me saying, because I talk about it less, I see it more. It is me saying, I think God comes to us disguised as our life. And mm. that's mm. in the birds of the air, the breeze on the wind or the breeze on the trees and, and the music we love 
and and the people who feed us. You know, like it. it yeah, yeah. I guess I just find that we are two dudes talking into mics who release <laughs> stuff once a week. So I'm sensitive to how strongly I try to castigate people who do likewise. But, you know, there's just so much yapping. Yeah. That's just yielding emptiness. And what's weird, it's funny. I thought about our conversation on signs with Ian and his his comment on Ray being influenced, right? Yeah. That emptiness isn't nothingness. Right, right, yeah. And our emptiness will come back to eat us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that took a weird, hard turn into something other than servant. But I just think that the show frustrates me because it thinks every question is answered with one character, but fails to like help me understand why she's that answer. Yeah. And I just see that, you know, I mean, good grief, dude. Like, I don't, I I don't, I don't think we know Jesus if he died for us today. You know, <laughs> and that, and that's not me and you um, though. Maybe us. I just mean like, there's so many times I, I think about the fact of, you know, Christian worldview, this well, biblical worldview that well, biblical, this biblical, that it's like, you, yeah, that's not Jesus. That's mm. not Christ likeness. Like the, the, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my rambling at this what occurred to me while you were talking and then I forgot it is like, there's a reason Jesus speaks in parables mm-hmm. is because we don't get it. Yeah. Right. You know, right. in the, in the economy of the kingdom, in the alchemy of faith, two plus two make equal four, but it's the story we tell about two and the story we tell about two and the story that gets told about four that make it all worth living. Hmm. Like, um, there's a reason Jesus spoke in parables is because we can, we can vaguely comprehend metaphor. Yeah. We cannot comprehend beyond that. <laughs> you know, yeah, we might right. comprehend metaphor. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of rambling. Now. No, 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 it's okay. So, um, interestingly enough and, uh, man, I don't even know that this will tie back into servant, but, uh, there's there's a show I've been watching, and they delivered an episode that perfectly illustrates, and this will I, perhaps ironically and hopefully successfully tie into both the conversation we're having about Jesus and the conversation we've been having about servant. Might be my final word on the subject. Um, so I know it's a very popular kind of fad-y show right now, um, but I love it. Um, my wife and I recently started watching The Chosen, which is a very mm. popular, ubiquitous kind of, it's the first time sure. the story of Jesus has been told in serialized television as opposed to a film or a miniseries or something like that. Um, and uh, it's great. I'm not going to go, this is not a, necessarily a watcha, so it's not something I'm going to go into a whole bunch of detail about, but I am going to describe one episode, and I'm going to spoil that episode in brief uh, to illustrate what, we, what we're talking about, about the, the richer and deeper meaning of certain things. There is an entire episode. Uh, it, it is in season two, 
but there's an entire episode that is devoted to probably three-fourths of the runtime of the episode is the followers of Jesus, the disciples and, and the women that were following him as well, all sitting around a fireplace, and they are conversing with each other. And it begins with them like sharing fun memories and sharing thoughts and sharing feelings, and they're telling funny anecdotal stories. And I kid you not, this is 35 to 40 minutes of this. But then fairly soon, um, it will devolve into them bickering and tensions arise and problems almost, you know, like former lives and who they were and past wrongs and stuff begin to creep to the surface. And then in the course of the last like 10 minutes of that 30 to 40 minute segment, they're, they're getting into a fight, like not a fist fight, but they're, they're yelling at each other sure. and they're arguing with each other. And there's a tremendous amount of tension and there's a lot of trouble and it, it's very dramatic, and, and it's rife with all of these, again, character work of uh, there are some people around the fire who just awkwardly are kind of staying silent while these other people sort of escalate and sides are chosen, and some people defend this other person, and, and it just escalates into a whole bunch of tension. And just about the moment you feel like, oh, my God, they're about to start, like, punching each other, then they hear footsteps from out of the distance, and it's Jesus coming in, his first appearance in the episode. It's Jesus coming back from apparently a time of prayer. He is visibly struggling. He is visibly weak, visibly weary, stumbling a little bit as he walks in. And I felt when I was watching, I was like, oh man, he's going to come and impart some big words of wisdom. He's going to come and he's going to put them all in their place and he knows what's been going on and everything. Jesus comes, Jesus approaches it. Of course, they've all been silenced. But when he arrives, he walks by, and in a very sort of shaky voice, because he's tired, he looks up and he goes, good night, and then keeps Mm. walking, and then just keeps walking. And then they watch as he makes it and stumbles to the tent, and then when he stumbles to the tent, he struggles, his feet are hurting, and he struggles to take his sandals off. And in a really beautiful moment, his mother is there in this scene, and his mother washes his feet and takes the sandals off and washes his feet and they watch and Jesus doesn't come in and like impart easy answers or anything like that. But that little interplay just put everything else into perspective. It just put it all into like, Oh my God, what have we been doing? You know, like it didn't need a fancy bumper sticker. It didn't need a simple answer. But what I'm saying and bringing it back into character is they took the time to just let the characters sit and breathe and just let them interact and let them fight and let them uh, bounce off of one another. And Servant relies too much on plot and it doesn't give us any of those kind of moments. And I will say this back to what we were talking about about Jesus. My God, for the love of God, do not make your faith, your relationship with Jesus all about plot. Don't make it about what's going to happen and you know, the timeline of everything and your circumstances and everything out. Take that moment to just breathe and be with your people that you're with and with yourself and let that let that be what it is. And you would be amazed at what is uncovered around that. Don't make it all about plot, uh, your own life, your own story. Don't just dig into the what and be satisfied like, well, I don't know why it happened this way, but this is the what of it all. And instead just Dig in, sit around that fire, breathe, be with you, be with who you're with, and as you've quoted, listen to your life and look around you and listen to it. And uh, anyway, that's my. That may be all I have to say about servant. What's really funny is I don't know if I said listen to your life. You quoted Bigner, I quoted Roar, but um, 
Uh, that's all good. It's funny that they both. <laughs> uh, so you know, effectively, what you've done is said that we suffered through servant to help us better get to a place of knowing how to view the suffering servant. That was a Jesus juke. That was a Jesus. <laughs> that was what you did before was just organic conversation and saying this is what yeah, it makes okay, me think. Fair. But that fair. was a Jesus. Yes. Like, yes. 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 And yes. and okay. you know slow pl- you know snaps snaps. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all right. Took me uh, a good minute to get to that one. So, so you know. So listen, uh, real talk, real time. Do you want to go to a shamio before we go to fog meter on this? You want to do the shamio for servant? He's in it. He's in one episode. episode. He's in episode one. You want to give it, you want to toss it a cursory point one, or you want to just disqualify it from, from the, I'll give it a point five because in the breadth of the volume of the show, the quantity of the show, it's pretty insignificant. Sure. Of course. It's not plot relevant. Nope. A little screen time. You had to remind me it was there. Yep. So I'm going to give it a 0.5 as well. And that means we give it an average of 0.5. Um, so, but the more relevant thing is our fog meter, the uh, way we gauge our, are you good to go to fog meter? I, I yeah. did that. So, so tersely. Um, so uh, the ways in which we rate our uh, material that we cover on fear and God, we don't rate these by their quality. We rate them by their gravity, their heft, their how much they ask of us as the viewer. So um, on fear, I'm going to start by giving servant. I feel like it, it can be pretty gnarly in a couple of places. I don't know that it ever gets fully nightmarish, but it definitely has an ongoing dread factor and an ongoing creep factor. That's not nothing. I think it's diluted over time. Uh, but, I, but I will easily give it like seven and a half on the fear measurement. Uh, what would you give it? It's funny. I've referenced multiple times. Remember when I said X, um, <laughs> I, I'm remembering us or me referencing weeks ago, listening to an episode of the big picture talking about horror movies and how horror rarely works in television. Mm. And and I've thought about that a lot as we watch servant. And I think on a certain level, servant kicks against that notion. On yeah. another level, you just use the word dilute, which I think happens. It, it kind of, once you understand the, the general rules, you're like, Oh, well, you know, Okay, I'm I'm not gonna have a whole lot of frights uh, as, sure. as this goes. I think it peaks with two o'clock. Is that the name of the episode? Oh yes, um, mm-hmm. that's I think that's its, that's its strongest horror episode. Yes, with, uh, I'm gonna give it a seven because I do okay. think you know, like it knows how to use the film craft to kind of gross you out, and and yeah. that's pretty worthwhile with the food and stuff. Uh, yeah. What would you give it for God? I'm going to give it a five. Um, This is a, I I was a little sharp at knock at the cabin. Um, So this is a little bit of, you know, trying to show some generosity here, even though the five is four. The fact that I think the character stuff is rich and the character stuff in the ways that I think good human interaction can point to God. Um, I think it's kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. For the stuff that's actually quote unquote about God, it's yeah, sure. It's pretty confused and messy and or at least leaves me confused. Yeah. Uh, oh, it yeah. doesn't really leave me messy. That'd be weird. But um <laughs> <laughs> this show had an effect on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a five. Okay. Um interestingly enough, I also give it a five. 
I feel like when it's strong and when it's great, it really is. Um, but it spends so much time not being that, and what it spends the the vast, overwhelming majority of its time on uh, is not substantive in the way that um, I find compelling or, or even terribly interesting at times. So splitting the difference with what I loved and what I really didn't with a five, and that means that we give Servant all four seasons as a show. We give it a six out of ten on the fog meter. Um, and uh, perhaps the more challenging question to answer is, do you recommend Servant? <sighs> that is a little harder. I think... I'll frame it this way, Riri. Okay. So I had, you saw this, I had an X-Wing Lego set. Yeah. Because I'm that guy. Yeah. It and I, Very big. um, because. <laughs> it must have taken you a really long time to put it together. <laughs> Man, you know, when you get the, the parent eyes from me. um well because so uh because of my appreciation for the podcast smartless and my love Mm -hmm. of the the little docuseries i just did on max uh on it i started will and grace out of nowhere had never watched will and grace yeah okay and so while building this x-wing lego set i just watched a bunch of will and grace okay the analogy I'm making here is if you've got a big Lego set sitting around, Servant is the kind of show that works as just the like, don't, don't sure. let yourself yeah. get overly invested. Yep. Doesn't mean don't pay attention. Just means don't, don't get your heart too fully in it. Yeah. Um, yep. I, agree. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's hard to use the word recommend uh, because I think it's longer than it should be. And, you know, kind of 50% of the show is, is amounts to a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Um, but again, as we've said all along, the production design is great. If you like Shamalan, it's hard to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the performances in a general sense, uh, specifically Ambrose and Kevill are fantastic and worth swimming around in. Yes. So yeah, it's, yep. it's a, it's kind of a half hearted recommendation with a, you know, kind of asterisk of, but still, you like that? Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what's really funny is I feel like a lot of times we recommend the show for the listeners of our show and for people who do this. We'll we'll recommend something. We'll say like, well, for listeners of our show, this is this is great. Yeah, prioritize this. What's interesting is I feel like the way we engage this material, which is thoughtfully sort of unpacking it and and actively dialoguing with it, actually hurts the experience of watching this show. I bet, and this is largely why you know, I, I hadn't finished up through season four when we started this run, but my memory of it was very was kinder to it than my feelings about it right now. And I feel like it's because, to your point, first time I tried to engage it, I was just like, "Oh, that's fun! Oh, that's great!" You know, like I just I just went on the ride and just sort of like, "Oh, okay, this yeah. is where we're going," and didn't think too hard about it. Didn't didn't devote a lot of time to it. And as a result of that, then I was fonder of it than when you really start to like press on it and try to dig around in it. Yep. Uh, that And so I feel like to that end, that is what I would recommend. It, the show has undeniable strengths, performance, its aesthetic, uh, its overall narrative uh, is, is, is okay. Um, but I feel like if you are looking for something meaty that you want to try to unpack and really get some rich things out of, this is not the show for that. And would maybe not be the show for you, but for a for a brainless, 
kind of half hour, great aesthetic, some chills, really strong performances. Yeah, I, I do recommend it to to that end. What's what's worth mentioning is you you surprised me. Uh, we had not talked about the end of the show before this. Oh yeah, yeah and. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, though Though I have strong feelings, I don't think, as my sort of half-recommendation just alluded to, I don't have... My strong feeling isn't, no one should watch this show. It's not that. Um, but I didn't know how you would feel. And so when you started agreeing with me, I was like, oh, this is a weird feeling. Oh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Reed never does this. What? Like, What? Especially not here. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. That's really funny. So now we've actually recorded it as opposed to later yeah. you go back and be like, ah, the first time we talked about this, Reed agreed me with me more. Right. You know, like yeah. you've never been able to have that on record. You, but now you do. You met you met my passion with some similar passion. And that yeah. is what surprised me. But well, I'm thankful yeah. for it. Well, yeah. Well, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for this episode. And I'm thankful for our listeners. Listeners, we're so thankful that you have been on this journey with us for Servant. Um, thank you so much for this journey on Shamalamarama. You know what? But wait, but wait, there's more, there's more. I feel like what we should do is next week, and I'm acting like this is spontaneous when we totally planned this, but act, what we should do is next week, we should have a kind of an epilogue of sorts, a kind of a, a, a summary statement where we, we pull everything together and we, you know, we take hmm. Shamalama Rama to its, its natural conclusion. Uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a word here. I'm not huh. quite sure what it is. What do you, you got? You got any help? What do you, what do you think we should call? What do you think we should do next week? Do you want me to do it? What, you know what? <laughs> what? Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you I go think ahead? You, okay. Well, how about this, Reed? Let, how about a, um, a, a Shamalama send off? Mm, no, 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 no. That's not quite right. That's quite that, have the ring almost, to it. almost. Um, uh, Shamalama summary is, is, it doesn't have a punch. It doesn't have the, <laughs> sounds, it sounds a little bit too homeworky. We don't want homework. Yeah, you know? it does. A Shamalama wrap up. Shamalama wrap up. A Shamalama wrap up. I love it. I like I it. it. Shamalama wrap up. Oh, I love it. So next, what are we going to do with the Shamalama wrap up? I don't know. You know what? Spot. Okay. No, what we're going to do is we're going to we might have some fun different. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll invite a couple of guests to the show who've never been on the show before, or, you know, whatever. Or maybe we'll, you know, maybe. A special, uh, a special appearance. A special By appearance. the man himself. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, man. I don't know about that. Now that's throwing the gauntlet down. <laughs> um, maybe we will, uh, you know, catalog some lists. I would be very curious to see your lists of, you know, best okay. Shyamalan, best, uh, but maybe even do some more fun things like best Shyamalan shots or best Shyamalan, uh, you know, scenes. like scenes, scenes, lines of dialogue or something like that. Like, mm. you know, we'll really Don't get too granular. My oh, memory's man. only so good. <laughs> oh, we're going to do great. We're going to do great with best facial expressions by a secondary character. <laughs> <laughs> to be it's gonna be amazing oh this boy let uh, <laughs> wrap up so uh next week that is that is very sincere what we were doing next week there's not formal material it's a good opportunity if you haven't caught up on some of the things we've been watching to do that but next week we're gonna have a little epilogue of sorts Shamalama wrap up um and uh, we've had a lot of fun with this we're gonna bring Shamalama rama home uh in a proper fashion like we did with halloween and halloween and have a little epilogue at the end of it Shamalama wrap up so see you next week for that as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, listeners. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. See you next time. 
See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>